must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. The words of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, the title of today's message comes from uh, Jesus' final words. Go and do likewise. There are no excuses good enough for failing to serve or in being a neighbor. What's our duty as a neighbor for some, a neighbor who's in trouble? The answer is showing compassion that will lead you to take some kind of action. This is the, one of the important parts. Compassion that remains just an emotion is not really compassion. You are committing a sin when you experience a high emotion and do nothing to turn it into an, an action. Here's the problem we face. Our problem is we don't know where to begin or even how to make a dent in what needs to be done dealing with the pain and suffering in the world. Not knowing where to begin will stop us from even starting to help because we feel overwhelmed. Thinking like this is just an excuse for inaction. A better attitude is to help where we feel a calling and the ability to serve. We can't help everywhere, but we can help somewhere and try to do a meaningful work of service. We don't need to meet every need which we become aware of, but just try to help in a meaningful way. There are four principles that should be known about loving our neighbors. The lack of love cannot be used as a reason because that's not right. We don't love our neighbors, so we're not going to do, we're not going to do anything for them. And anyone in need is our neighbor. We had a, a man in Sidman who had, uh, no, I'm in Sidman, uh, in Dunlow who had his a barn burned down. 
Uh, I forget how many, I think he lost four cattle and a couple horses. Uh, and, and the Dunlow Church extended, reached out to him. And uh, I took a check over to him and, and, and met him. And the day that I was there, all the cattle were giving birth. So there were four that were born while we were there. And he said, by the end of the day, all ten of them will have, been, will have given a, uh, a, a birth. Love means acting to meet a person's need. And our duty is to be like Christ. Now, what's the problem with this? <laughs> we tend to think our own sins are not important and that the sins of others are. Oh, our sins, you know, they're not important. But, oh, the sins that that person committed? Oh, my goodness, wow. But Jesus doesn't see it that way. Jesus is a Samaritan who comes to us because we have been beaten up by our sins and, I like this one, stupidity. I'm sorry to have to tell you. Sometimes we humans are just stupid. He comes to bandage our wounds, to take care of us, to show us compassion, and to give us the love that we're seeking. Oh, Jesus makes no distinctions in the treatment of people. We're all the same. Arguing some people are neighbors and some are not. And our responsibility is to love those that are our neighbors. Jesus' response is addressing the issue of non-neighbors. People have been beating themselves up because of their sins. We do that. Although we've been forgiven of this. If you've asked, you've been forgiven of those sins already. But we hold on to them and beat ourselves up more and more and more, day in and day out. And God forgave us a week ago when we asked. The parable tells us of a duty to help neighbors. We must help our neighbors even at risk to ourselves. Love for God is incomplete until we show love for others. He was not sent, oh, oh, oh listen to this, he was not sent to make us feel comfortable and tell us what we want to hear. <laughs> he was not sent, he was sent to make us feel comfortable. He was not sent to make us feel comfortable and tell us what we want to hear. He was sent to make us feel uncomfortable by telling us what we need to hear. That's, and not all pastors do that. Some pastors always present uh, a joyful, uh, a high, high sermon. Oh, you know, everything's fine with you, and uh, you're doing a good, good job, and blah, 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 blah. But then there, there come those times there are pastors who tell you what you need to hear. You may not like it. You may, you may not even hear it because you close your ears. I've, I've, I've never used this. I've, I've thought about it before. Asking the congregation, take one finger and put it in one ear. Now whatever I say, I know we'll go in and rattle around in there a little bit before it comes out. Because right now I think it goes in one ear and out the other ear. He's, not, he's, he's here to make us feel, our job as a pastor is to make those people, is to make you feel uncomfortable so you will do something about it. 
But then you, you have a tendency to, to not like what you're having to listen to what you don't want to hear. Uh, there's a, 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 well, I won't say that, I won't say that yet. I have to wait till the uh, council meeting. Throughout our entire lives on this planet, we should be extending mercy to all, to everybody. By doing so, we will be showing to the world who we truly are. In so doing, we should not shrink from honoring the responsibilities that we have. We should see to them and honor them all. The example we present to the world is ever so important because we are representing the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Wherever you go, throughout your, your week, you are representing Jesus Christ. You're a representative. We should put a sign on there, I'm representing Jesus Christ. Or name, a name tag that's got the Christian on the top of it. And I'm a Christian, and then your name on it. Jesus is always open to the questions we may have. We can ask any questions we want. But in the end, we have to obey. Obey. We must have an open mind, an open heart, and an open spirit in order to hear his answers and not have a closed mind, a closed heart, nor a closed spirit, because it is not what we want to hear. He is not, when you ask the prayer or ask for something, something for yourself, he is, Jesus Christ is not going to give you something that you may want to hear. Most of the cases, it's something you don't want to hear. So you don't listen to it. And then, you know, a month later, you say, you know, I offered this prayer a month ago, and it never was answered. I don't believe in answered prayer. He might have answered it a month ago, but it was something you didn't want to hear. You have to be flexible, open hearts, open minds, and open doors. That's the Methodist logo. Open hearts, open minds, open doors. Not closed hearts, closed minds, no. Open hearts. We are to show who we truly are by showing love for our neighbor. Treat others the way you would want to be treated. We've all run into situations like that, dealing with people who treat us poorly. And in some cases, we treat them back the same way. But we shouldn't be doing that. We should be treating them the way we want them to treat us. Is it easy? No. Makes you, think, makes you think a lot. Saying that we are a Christian wouldn't matter if we don't display Christ-like behavior. I used in, in, this, in this story as an example when I first moved out to a, a rector. It was the first Thursday in October because that's when the meeting was. I had no power steering. So I, I go down, I go down, I get the car to go down the road to go home, and it's blocked because of high water. So I have to turn around and go back to 30. Well, I turned, but the car wouldn't go along with me, and I went down a ditch. So the, the, and the police were there within a minute or so. I was surprised. Uh, Ligonier Township and Ligonier. They had two departments then. Now they combined them into one. 
And uh, they said, do you want us to call AAA? Uh, if, you, if you do, you're going to wait here for about an hour. Or we can call the man down the street. He'll be here in a matter of minutes. I said, call the man down the street. So we had a good 10 or 15 minutes before the, the choke chuck got there. And I was, I was mad because of this taking place. And how would it have been if I started cursing to these, not, not about the police officers, but to the police officers? Oh, by the way, I'm the new pastor down there, the new Methodist pastor down there at the, at the rector church. Huh? How would, how would that be? What kind of image would that give? Gee, did you hear the mouth on that pastor down there? My goodness, geez. So I was so, I was so thankful that I didn't react that way when I was around the, uh, uh, the, the police officers. In today's reading, the priest and the Levite were men of God. But the Samaritan, viewed as an outcast and idol worshiper, <clears throat> showed more compassion to the wounded stranger than they did. The Jews did not like the Samaritans. They tried to stay away from them. In this, the Samaritan showed he wasn't his stereotype or title, but simply a man capable of showing compassion and love to a total stranger, his neighbor. Jesus' answer to the lawyer shows us that titles and labels do not matter much. In the end, it is not about saying who we are, Levite, priest, Samaritan, friend, mother, father, or pastor. What matters is showing who we truly are, the children of God, striving to be conformed to the image of our Creator. Is it easy? No. But are we supposed to do it? Yes. Jesus would tell us, go and do likewise. Now, one of the reasons I wanted to bring this parable to your attention today is because a community picnic is being held next Sunday, starting a little afternoon. It depends on how windy the pastor is. At Dunlow, the United Methodist Church. And not only are we Methodists, but we're neighbors as well. And you all are invited to come to enjoy the weather, the fellowship, and the food. You're all invited. I'm personally inviting all of you, and even the people who are watching us on Internet. Come out and meet us all. Come to the Dunlow United Methodist Church right after a church is over, which around noon, noontime, it'll be over. So come out and join us. So let us pray. God, creator of all things good, let us continue today coming together, strengthening our bonds and relationships as your children and our neighbors. We thank you, dear Lord, for all that you have provided for us. We pray in your most holy name. Amen. Let us sing our hymn of joy, and this is what we want you to do when you leave today. Go, tell it on the mountain. Number, two, number 138.
Thank you. As we go along our path in this life, may we think not only of ourselves, but those we love, but also about our neighbors. When you do, you will find that you are fulfilling the desires of Jesus Christ our Savior, and only good will come from that. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, and all God's children said, Amen. Hey, I'll do that again. And all God's children enthusiastically said, Amen. That's better.